0: all right and here we are with episode 23 of the florida trail runners podcast man so this time we are talking to the run fluent crew who went up to the buck 50 up in chillicothe ohio this is a 150 mile relay race that raises money for such a great cause too The Buck 50 raises money for Drug-Free Clubs of America. This enrollment is both inspiring and challenging to find the massive numbers of why the Buck 50 is so important. This event brings life into changing yourself, your teammates, as well as the teenagers who receive 100% of the profits from the Buck 50. The Drug-Free Clubs of America members at Huntington High School came up with a slogan that is so important and ties into the event. Run miles, make a difference. Every person who is addicted, was addicted, was drug-free at one point in time of their life. Studies have shown that earlier someone starts experimenting, the more likely that they will become addicted, especially if their first use is under the age of 18. If a child never tries a drug, then it's more likely that they will never become a drug addict. That's why it's so important to promote a culture in our youth where it pays to say, I can't. And part of that comes into just peer pressure. With the Buck 50 and Drug-Free Clubs of America, they are providing a safety net for teens to make the right choice under pressure, even if they haven't had the confidence yet to really just say no. So in that, with that, the Run Fluent crew and the Long Island kids up at the Buck 50, let's kick
1: it off. What's up, buddy? Oh, not too much. I don't know where these other fools are. It'll probably take them a minute to figure it out. Hello.
0: Hey. Hello. What's up? What's up? Hey, Scott. Hey.
2: Oh man. I'm in my car. So I just finished running, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, Hi, I'm a, I've been ready. All
0: right, sweet. So hey, here we go. So I know we've got some of the Run Fluent crew here with us, Chris if you want to start us off with, you know, your introduction.
1: Uh, my name is Chris Dangle. I'm owner of Run Fluent, uh, online run coaching. Uh, I got into the Buck 50 um, when it, from the very beginning, a uh, local team was looking for extra runners. Uh, and I jumped into their team for the first two years. The uh, Buck 50 is in my hometown of Chillicothe, Ohio. So, um, a lot of people were reaching out when it first started and I, I honestly had heard about it, um, from other, other events that I was at, but I hadn't really looked in what it was all about until these guys reached out to me, uh, was, I think six, seven years ago. Um, and then after the first two years, I moved to Florida and, um, you know kind of stopped participating last year we decided to um captain my own team and go up and take a five-man ultra team up and take it on uh, had a great year we ended up winning that event um so we went back this year with the five-man team again to uh try to tackle it again heck yeah man that's dope the other two that aren't on the line are Ethan Goldman and Alana Holborn. Um, and they're honestly probably the two fastest on the team. Uh, Ethan's just a beast, really fast with short distance. Um, and then Alana is just an all across the board um, endurance and speed. So
3: two huge uh, key members of the team. All right, I'll jump on. Uh, I'm Gustav Caragrosis. Uh I'm one of the Long Island members, <laughs> one of the three. I joined the buck 50 because coach Stangle presented me a challenge and said I wouldn't do it with him. And here I am two years in a row, although I talked myself out of it last year and for next year, but it looks like I'll be back there supporting him, uh, and the team, you know, uh, if something works out in my schedule, uh, I'm a teacher uh, and Chris presents me a challenge. I'm down for it. So, uh, I joined because of Chris. And I got to say, it is probably my favorite event I've done. Two years ago was pretty brutal with the weather being so cold, and I'm not a fan of the cold. So it was kind of miserable, to be honest with you. But uh, this year it was way warmer, and I actually enjoyed it. I'm a big fan of relays. Uh, Personally, I'm not the biggest fan of running, but we're part of a team because then it makes me not slack. You know, if I'm running for myself, it's like, all right, you know, I could win this. Or Okay, I'm getting smoked and whatever. I'll just get smoked but uh with a relay. It's like You know if you're gonna get smoked don't get smoked too bad because you're gonna let your team down So, uh, I really enjoy the relay Uh buck 50 is a great race. Uh, it's supporting drug addiction as well Uh, The CEO of it, uh, Dave is a great guy a lot of planning goes into a 150 mile race and he definitely crushes it So that is how I joined in and it looks like I'll be back there
2: for next year as well all right, yeah, that's awesome. Scott. Yeah, okay, my turn. All right, I'm Scott Hoover. Um, I've been on the once before, babbled. Uh, I'm not going to talk a whole lot this time, but I joined this. Actually, I'm one of the Run Fluent athletes. Chris is my coach, and he put a challenge out uh, mid last year or so. Phil, the fifth man, he wanted someone on the Run Fluent team one of his athletes so he we we basically had to run two 10ks within two hours and then the combined time would get the spot so i really wanted to do it the reason being i've never done a relay race it really intrigued me the idea of running with other people and like gus just said you know your your performance is laying on other people's. You know, you have to do well because there's other people depending on you. So that that's another reason. Basically, wanted to run a race outside of Florida with some hills and challenge myself. And boy, it was a challenge. But that's why I joined. Basically, Chris challenged me too, and I got the spot.
0: Yeah, I didn't get to go back to Chris and I's home state of Ohio.
2: Mm-hmm. They, 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 they I call a mountain there's no mountains they're hills but
0: (laughs) (laughs) well true they are hills (laughs) (laughs) they're big hills well that area of ohio is definitely hillier compared to other areas like where i grew up in shelby county hawking hills is a cool spot it's like 45 minutes from chillicothe it's like on the other side of tar hollow from that area and i know that's chris's old uh you know stomping grounds chris how far away was the buck 50 from your house
1: uh, it actually goes within a block of my childhood home. Uh, my brother, my brother still lives um, right in our old neighborhood. His backyard, you can see the house we grew up in, and um, the, this course runs. I'd say probably, probably fifty percent of it, my feet had hit sometime in my childhood um, as a runner, um, and the rest of it I had had explored um in some form of another so there's maybe one or two sections of this entire course that i've never been on so it's very cool to go back and compete at this course hmm, that's cool
0: i guess how was the course out there i mean chris you're already pretty familiar with kind of the,
1: the lay of the land yeah it's it's an interesting race because you know you look at the other major relay events Agnar, ragnar or whatnot um and they are kind of all the same terrain or similar terrain where this this course is 150 mile one giant loop um, that starts downtown Chillicothe so obviously you're on the the roads but then it makes one giant loop all the way around Ross County Ohio so you get into some trails you get a lot of dirt access roads um, you do almost you know Scott had a leg that was almost off trail for part of it um, so it it really adds an element of really having to understand what each individual leg is and the different components. Um, you know, I'm not a person that take a whole lot of gear, and I still took four different pairs of shoes um, just because of the, all the different types of terrain I was going to have to cover um, in my six legs. So we didn't really cover how how the course is set up, but it's you know it's 150 miles broken up into 30 sections um, so a five-man team you run six different sections and i had everything from flat road that i was running you know in the six thirties, to super technical trails that i was running at nine thirties. um so you never really know what you're getting into until you get up
2: i definitely didn't know what i was getting into but that's why I wanted to do it. I'll comment on the course that uh, Dave, the CEO of
3: the race, does super amazing job, actually, uh, m- trail marking and marking the course. Uh, granted, I have a lot of technology and I have my watch that has GPX files, which is basically the GPS built into the watch to tell me when to turn, when not to turn. But if I did not have that and my watch died, uh, I would probably say I would not get lost on the course. Maybe at pitch black at night in a trail but most of the trail running is more towards the morning uh so with that being said i probably wouldn't get lost and i get lost going around my house so uh <laughs> dave definitely does a great job with the trail marking uh the signs light up at night it's like reflecting gear uh there's arrows on the floor spray painted on the streets i ran most of my street runs and a lot of the turns corners this year which was something new he had uh refl- he had a uh, lights like uh strobe lights that you'd wear on your body he had them on the corner like on the floor of the corner so it lights up and strobe so you know that it's a corner and most likely you're going to turn at that corner so that was pretty cool this year compared to last year that i did not see those so that was a little upgrade as well so the course is definitely well marked and uh it's definitely an enjoyable course like chris said the terrain goes from trail to dirt rock to super technical to flat road to hilly road so it's pretty amazing uh what you could explore in 150 miles.
0: Wow, just even having all those course markers, that's huge. Cause I don't know, I've done similar style races, not as long though, but it's like you just had to know kind of you had to know the GPX file or like you just had to know where the waypoints
1: were and how to get there. Absolutely. This course is marked better than most five K. Pretty impressive. So how'd you guys figure out the order? Um, last year I went by skill, um, you know, kind of what people's strengths were. Um, once those guys got a taste of it last year, I, I let them kind of choose what style of running they wanted to do this year. Um, and then just filled in the gaps from there. So Ethan is, is, you know, really wanted the short and fast, um, with him being the, the fastest on the team really for the short races, uh, it was kind of a dilemma for me to to put him on the the fifth man because that is the least amount of miles on the court. Um, but he was definitely able to capitalize on making it worth it, having him there. And Gus really wanted to tackle some hills and road road running this year, uh, so we put him out first. Um, and every everybody else just kind of fell in the middle, and it worked out really well. So who had that hardest leg? Um, the hardest leg, I would say Scott's. Is- um one of his runs was the hardest leg. I think the hardest runner on the course is runner three um which was mine um, just because it's you have one pretty long technical trail section and then um, two really hard gravel road rolling and cl- a lot of climbing. I, I climbed over over 3,000 feet in my 30 miles um so i would say runner number three is the hardest runner um but the hardest l- section of the course is number 24 which scott had
2: yeah <laughs> i still have nightmares about it <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you know it's an awesome leg i loved it but you know i'm trying to run hard and i'm, I'm kind of failing because I'm, I'm not failing but you know When you're going up the hill at a 15-minute pace, you're like, what is going on? And you're having to stop because it's just straight up mud, rocks. It's not anything like a Florida trail. It was pretty gnarly. I loved it, but hated it. What
0: are you talking about, the Ohio Mountains? Yeah,
2: yeah. well, I mean, I said, what's the difference between a hill and a mountain? They said, well, a mountain has a peak. This thing had a peak, so it was a mountain. But the best part was they kept telling me how bad 24 was. He, Chris was saying, you know, you got you ready for 24, 24 for like six months, you know. So I knew it was coming. Then I got there, and the first four miles, wasn't. it really wasn't that bad. It was, I mean, it was, it's hard. Don't get me wrong, but you cross this street, and then the last two miles of that run are just, you just go straight up for a mile and then straight down for a mile. And there's some off-trail stuff where some trees got blown over. It was private property and the owner let us run it this year, but nobody's cleaned that section of the trail and who knows how long it was pretty rough. But like I said, that's the reason I jumped in to go experience something hard and challenge myself. Yeah, that's true. My biggest challenge of the whole race. And, and I, I'm pretty sure we're all going to say the same thing is me, Chris, I, we didn't get any sleep the night before or the night of the race. So we went like two days without sleep, and we didn't even start till 6.30 at night. So we didn't sleep, and then we went all day before we started running. And, I mean, truthfully, I was almost done when we started. I was pretty baked. I was so wore out and tired that we pushed through and did the best we could.
1: Yeah, with the lack of sleep, did you guys drive all the way up there? No, we, we flew up. Um, I think it was just the, the race day hype. Uh, We had a lot of people all crashing at my brother's house. So, you know, everybody's talking and everybody's up late anyway. And then you're laying there in bed staring at the ceiling, thinking about what's coming, what's going to be coming the next day. So uh, I think it's just uh, the race weekend hype got got the better of all of us and we didn't get any rest. Sleep deprivation was very real.
3: (laughs) I will agree with that. Uh, I landed my flight at 1230. A.M. Friday morning, so Tommy got to the hotel, went showered, went to bed. You're looking at like two A.M. We slept at probably about nine ish A.M. and then we were up and down to like ten. Definitely got to bed at ten, and then we had to drive get get the van, get the car, drive an hour and a half, an hour and ten minutes to uh, Chillicothe Then now we're at the house with everyone, and then go time was at six thirty. So. I could definitely say I was up for probably 38 hours at least, no sleep. As soon as the race ended, we had a hike back an hour and a half to the airport, and we flew home that night. So sure. race ended for us around noon-ish. We grabbed some food, we showered, drove an hour back to the airport, took a 6.30 flight, landed at 8.30, got home probably, eight, showered. I probably didn't go to bed to 10.30, 11th, Saturday night, so definitely about 35 hours 34 hours without sleep and then since then my body recovered really well like i feel great right now i worked out hard today no issues no soreness but definitely still laggy and sleep deprived although it's been like 40 since so
2: you know if you ever rent a van and you're gonna drive a long way C- call and make sure they have it <laughs> <laughs> i'll let chris know yeah
1: chris What happened? ah well i, I want to put some people well i won't name brands on uh on this podcast because i don't want to get you in trouble but a pretty major uh travel site i booked a van um i booked a van on january 18th it was actually my wedding anniversary <laughs> so i know the date very well i um, found a good deal. I wanted to make sure these guys had a nice van this year. We we used my dad's church van last year. And it's an older van. It got the job done, but I just wanted everybody to have a little bit more space. So I rented this van, a reserved van, and um, it was out of Columbus. So, you know, we stayed in Chillicothe Thursday night, Friday morning. I woke up early uh, drove to Circleville, which is, you know, 30 minutes in between Chillicothe and Columbus to pick up my dad. And then we drove to Columbus to pick up the van. And when we went to go pick up the van, he told me uh, that they're out of vans. I like, well, I had a reservation for four and a half months. Like, how are you? How do you not have my van? But I'm pretty sure what happened was the reservation I made was for $100 a day. So I was only paying like $200 to rent this van. And when I went online last week, these vans were renting for $500 a day. So I'm pretty sure they just let somebody pay them $1,000 and told me to kick rocks with my $200. But So I wasn't too happy. But uh, thank the Lord my dad um, is was able to reach out to his church and get the old church van again No, we definitely put it put it through its paces um we we may have wore it out Uh, we definitely wore out the brakes but um, (laughs) we we survived for sure
2: thanks thanks to chris's dad he was awesome and he he he, he pulled through and got us a ride we would have been in minivans or honda civics or something that wouldn't have been any fun <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jeez, gosh dang that's that's wild man <laughs> which i guess coming into you know actual racing though did you guys know what place you guys were in during the buck 50
1: yeah the race times are staggered um so all the the top seeded teams all start. Yeah, at 6:30 p.m. and every everybody else started before the before that so we knew exactly who our competition was um, even before we got there um, last year we won um, my brother's team got second place uh, another friend's team got third and then then Harvey's team got fourth last year um, so we knew Harvey was going to come out swinging this year we knew um, He was, I think he was a little surprised that um, there were three strong teams ahead of him last year. It was all still within an hour, but, um, you know, for him to finish fourth, I could see that he was going to put together a team and come out swinging. That's exactly what he did. So they ended up taking first this year um, by by a landslide. I think they beat us by like an hour and a half. And And we were second, and my brother's team, Uh, Ended up third place this year. And then another run fluent team or team with run fluent members ended up fifth. So I think we had runners on seven teams this year. So it was really fun to see everybody kind of out there and getting after it.
2: Wow, we had, we had some Florida boys up there too this Yeah, yeah,
1: hey, that's the way to have it. So I guess take me into those, you know, those miles. How did those miles go go down for you guys? Uh, I can start out. Um, it like I said, it's broken up into uh, thirty legs. So um, that first section, Gus had, and it's always hard to have that that first leg. I ran it last. I think it's what is it, Gus? Like five and a half miles.
3: So, yeah, five point five.
1: You know, so you go out, you know, red hot, even if you intend to try to hold back, it's hard to. Um, so I'm sure they were clipping right around six minute miles. And then the last third of a mile or four tenths of a mile straight uphill into Dina Mansion. Um, so you're already borderline redlining and then shoot up a big hill. Um, and then it's just lots of rolling hills. For the next several sections, um, I think you don't, I think the first five legs um, are kind of rolling hills and then it really flattens out, goes all the way out to Kingston, Ohio, um, all pretty flat, all the way until get to uh, leg 13. Goes up into Great Seal Park, which is kind of my old stomping grounds, playgrounds, uh, some of the prettiest trails in southern Ohio. Um, so that's when it really starts to get, uh, trails get involved, start to get really technical right around that 50, 50 60 mile mark.
2: Yeah. Um, my first leg was, I was pretty excited when it came. Chris was the third runner, I was the fourth runner, so he handed off to me. And uh, the very first, <laughs> quarter mile was uphill on my leg and around the corner on a highway the cars were coming around that thing at 65 miles an hour it's pretty sketchy and i went out a little too hot for myself up the hill but i i mean i did okay the first leg it, it, it was rolling it, it wasn't nothing huge it might have been like i think it was a six mile leg and it had about 100 200 foot of gain maybe 190 somewhere in there wasn't crazy but most of it comes in chunks mine wasn't really running it knows it was like uphill downhill and then it was flat for a while and then uphill so those parts kind of got me my splits were really all over the place there wasn't nothing consistent but and then my second leg was pretty flat and i did okay on it too it, it, it had a little bit of elevation but not much but then the third one is when we got into the trails like chris was saying that was number 14 and it was there was some switchbacks and that was great and then the switchbacks ended and it was just straight up and i went like 500 foot straight up and then straight down now i got to the top of that hill we'll call it a hill and Chris told me when you get up there, you can look around the trees, all the leaves, you know, had fallen off from winter. And you get to the top of that thing, and you just look over both sides of this hill, and it's it's just lights, and it's beautiful out there. And that really refreshed me once I got up top there. And then coming down, it was real wet, muddy, leaves everywhere. The The ground is, I'm used to sand in Florida, you know, I'm a sand boy, but this, this stuff is just muck. Like mud and clay and I fell a few times, but I just got up and kept on trucking.
3: All right, uh so yeah, I was runner one. Uh I started off flat, right through the town. Like Chris said, I hit the hill and that was pretty uh straight up. You thought you were done and then it makes a loop back around, uh, and it goes up even higher. So I think the grade of that was probably about seven, seven and a half grade, uh the second loop around. So pretty steep right off the bat. So like Chris said, I was clipping off 550 miles for the first two miles. Then I paced that myself at like 610, 605. And then I hit that hill and I dropped to 655. So it just shows you uh, how brutal that last hill was. Uh, but it was 5.5 the first one. Like 6 was my second run. And uh, that was pretty flat. Uh, a little bit of elevation, just under 200. But that one I ran faster. Both my first two runs I was I ran faster than I was predicted at, which again was me being charged up and ready to rock. Then you know that their leg starts coming in and, and that's the hump of the night. Uh we're looking at twelve AM. Now I'm a delusional getting there, tired. Uh I had another five miles, just under five miles. Uh, I hit my pace on that one too. Uh I believe or I was a few seconds above it. I ran a 628 pace, uh, 200 elevation, so that wasn't too bad. But, you know, I go to bed early, so, so it's almost past my bedtime now, and now I'm up at 1230 in the morning. <laughs> so that was pretty brutal. Uh, then now after that, that's halfway through, it's the first three legs. I, my back three legs all were six miles or more. So I hit six miles, 6.3, and 6.5. So now as the night goes on, I'm more delusional and my runs are starting to get longer. So that was a challenge for me. Uh, Leg 16, uh, I was definitely disappointed on because it was probably my flattest run. No, sorry, that was the next leg. So leg 16 was 300 elevation. Uh, I ran a seven pace. My legs were shot in that one. That was probably my hardest run. It was mainly flat too, but uh, the end had a little hill, which wasn't too bad, but I was exhausted. It was three o'clock in the morning. Then, uh, my fourth leg, fifth leg was leg 21, which was a leg. I got super, super delusional on when I finished, it was just long and straight. So six miles of flat boring road with no inclines. It was super boring. Uh, I think I passed the one car and it was Dave, the CEO who was driving to the next checkpoint, and he realized it was me, so he yelled my name. So that was pretty cool. But besides that, that was the most boring run of my life. The sun's almost coming up. It's like 6.30 in the morning. Uh, When I finished that leg, the sun was fully fully risen. Uh, But I remember finishing that leg. I got to the checkpoint. It's one of the best checkpoints there are. Immediately, uh, one of the MIT teammates was like, how was that run? I was like, I'm delusional and hungry. I went to the table because they had a a ton of food i ate two donuts two sunny d's i had grapes i had candy and i literally swallowed all that with probably within a minute and 30 seconds i just kept pounding it i was so hungry and delusional thankfully that was over with and my last leg was my hardest leg my longest leg 6.5 miles and the most elevation uh it was all rolling hills i think it was about 750 elevation but it ended off with my strongest strength, which was a mile downhill. So the last mile and a half, or a little less than a mile and a half, was just straight downhill. And I enjoy running downhill because I just go as hard as I can and just bomb it. So I was praying at that moment that my calves and quads definitely wouldn't just give out on me and pop a Charlie horse because I'm bombing that. And now it's the last leg. It's right to the finish. After me, we have four more people to run, and that's the race. So that was a fun ending. It definitely was my favorite run. I ran it pretty well at a 723 pace, which my goal was a 730. So I was super pumped about that, especially being tired and obviously the ele- elevation, sleep deprivation. So definitely finished strong. Uh, that was my longest run, and it felt the shortest, probably because the finish was there uh, and the rolling hills just kept changing my mood. You know, I'm going up, I'm going down, going up, going down. And like I said, a leg before that was straight, long, and boring. You know, and then after that, you're done, and you get to cheer on your teammates. You're the first one done, and you got four more teammates to run. And that was the trip. So I'm glad I ended with that race, with that run.
0: Yeah, it's always interesting starting when the sun's coming up, and then ending when the sun's coming down. Yep. Or vice versa, vice versa. <laughs> yeah vice
1: versa <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah we started you know maybe two hours before sunset and then we really the race wasn't over so for us until around noon so um we definitely got back into the heat of the day and that that's draining towards the end of the race
2: yeah that heat hit me right when i was on 24 and that's that one that's pretty pretty wild run there and i was like man we brought florida with us because it felt like i was in florida on that hill i'm looking
3: at my Strava now my uh garmin it was 68 degrees when i started my run at 10:14 in the morning so like you said scott time you ran you're looking at like 75 degrees out
2: yeah,
3: it was pretty warm
0: <laughs> i was gonna say my parents usually they update me on the ohio weather and they said it was a pretty nice day
1: yeah i got to um Low eight, low to mid 80s on Saturday when we finished. Uh, my last leg was number 28, at probably, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning, 1030 in the morning. And it, it definitely felt all of almost 80 degrees. You know, I, I took off trying to push a little bit, but I, I was extremely limited. Um, 23, which was my fifth leg, is one of the hardest legs on the course with uh over 600 feet of climbing and it's kind of like a gradual um gravel road that just goes on forever um so my legs were pretty smoked from that climb and you know you get so excited because it's your last leg and i only have three miles to run across down and the, that the run actually finishes behind my high school so i was really really pumped up to give it everything i had uh, but you're just so gassed at the end of the day um i jumped up the last two miles are on the flood wall and between the heat and i swear it was a 20 mile an hour headwind uh, for two miles i thought i was never gonna make it to that pool. i could see it from a, mile and a half away and it felt like it took me an hour to
2: get so i had 24 which was the hard one and i i mean it's kind of, kind of embarrassing but I mean, I averaged like 11 pace, which, I mean, I had, I don't know, 1,100 foot a game, but pretty much most of that come in one mile at the end. Probably like seven, six, 700 foot was one mile. And I finished that, and I was completely shot. It, I, my Everything was locked up. I did everything I could not to throw up everywhere. It took me a good hour and a half just to get recovered right. And then then I started feeling a little bit better. I I took some more Endora Elite. I took the Perform and uh, Sustain and got a little pumped up. And then it's time to go for my very last lap. And and the guy, Chris, was out running. But Gus and Ethan were just telling me, just go out there, finish the leg. You don't have to kill yourself. As long as you leave before the other second place catches us. We're fine because Ethan had a little mismatch on his teammate. He probably would have beat him by two or three minutes on the last leg. So I just had to go and not see the guy from the third-place team, and that's about what happened. I didn't do too great on my last run, but I just stayed steady to finish it. Um, in the last probably, I don't know, three-quarters of a mile, you say, Chris, I don't know, you go up to the cemetery, and it's pretty, pretty substantial hill, especially after – yeah, you know, twenty eight miles of hard running, but I got up there and finished it out and handed off to Ethan, and he went and crushed the rest of the race.
0: Yeah, that that's cool, man. Like especially coming into that last mile, or not really maybe the last mile, but that last leg that you have to run. It's it's such a fun feeling because like you're done. Like, and too, it's just also just having the energy to keep going and keep pushing for your last one with that kind of energy. I mean you have to fuel, you have to eat. What'd you guys like what'd you guys eat out there?
2: Uh um, pretzels and pickles.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I fuel mostly um solely with endure elite products. I use the perform elite, the sustain elite and the recover elite. Um I took perform elite, I think twice, just like once every uh once in the beginning or once eight or nine hours into the night just to give me another pick me up, but the recover elite I take immediately after each run. Um, and the sustain elite I just keep use to keep me carved up. So that's mainly what I use. Um uh, I make some like little homemade protein bars, um, and had some like rice cakes and things like that just to keep something dry in my stomach. But uh for the most part, all my all my fueling was done with endure elite products.
2: Um I, I did the same. I I did endure elite uh sustain. And perform, and I did recover twice. Like I said, I ate pickles and pretzels and potato salad, and we had some fruit too. I had uh, nauseous issues after every run. I think it was just because I was so redlined and tired. Like I said, the, the, the no sleep really did me in, and, and and nothing was clicking right. I couldn't find a rhythm and a breathing, so I just just gave everything I, had, team there and. You know, I would have bailed if I didn't have other people depending on me. But I think we all probably were in that same boat because everybody had some type of issue through the night. We run hard, and it was a long race. But I wouldn't have changed it. It was awesome. The only thing I changed is get some sleep next time. So my fuel was
3: Endor Elite. Uh, I had Performer Elite to start the race. And I took a lot of the sustain elite, uh, which is a carb shot. I took a lot of that after every leg and I took a shot before every leg. So that definitely helped. I also had, uh, four PB and J Nutella sandwich, four PB and J Incrustables, two Nutella Incrustables, uh, I had some candy. I had everything, you know, I don't eat the healthiest. So, uh, I just fueled threat, whatever I wanted to eat to keep my appetite going and me happy. Like I said before, those donuts and the grapes really hit the spot after me being super delusional. That 21st leg. Uh, I also, uh, the <coughs> kept me going was I use a supplement, uh, a topical called Lactigo and another topical for, that's by Go Sleeves, uh, Go Brand. It's, uh, a cream. I use that and that definitely helped my legs from, uh, Popping trolley horses and getting cramped up. The go did wonders.
2: I second that. The go is good product. I used a bunch of it myself. So
0: this race, because you know, sometimes it's easier just to run the distance in one go. How'd your guys' your legs feel? You know, having it all broken up.
1: That's that's the biggest challenge of this. You know, if you if you do the math, it's basically you know five people running a 50k and you think no big deal uh, most of the people in this team could to run a 50k you know pretty comfortably and have a respectable time but the way that it's broken up is you're really running six you know really hard five mile races and only get in a two-hour break in between which doesn't sound quite so miserable if you're at home and you could stretch out and you know lay down and cool yourself off or something but by the time you finish your leg um you know, you're hot sweaty but then it's cool at night so you're starting to get a chill so you got to try to hurry up and put on a dry shirt but jumping in a van and racing to the next checkpoint which you know Joe you know these country roads up there it may only be you know 5 or 6 mile run for the- people but they typically will take the van on a different route to keep you away from the runners so it may be a 10 mile drive on these back roads it takes 20 minutes to get to the next checkpoint so by the time you know you make a couple of these stops all of a sudden it's time for you to start getting ready to run again and you haven't had time time to really cool down or stretch or anything so the the best thing for me is just finding a rhythm of you know, as soon as I finish my run, I'm I'm getting in uh, the recovery elite. and um, making sure I'm getting the dry shirt on. Then we get to the next station um, where I'm, you know, make myself get out of the band every stop. Make sure I don't, you know, let my legs get tight. Um, I think that's one of the biggest uh, mistakes a lot of people make when they get into these races is. Once they finish their their run, they crawl in the back of the van and um, try to sleep. Um, And if you're trying to sleep during this thing, especially on a five-man team, you're just going to be miserable, and you're going to get really, really tight in the meantime. My advice to anyone is uh, every chance you get get to get out and move, get out and move, um, and just keep up on your fueling because it's going to be a painful night. Um, but the more you can move and the, the more you can keep yourself fueled, the better better off you're gonna be.
3: I agree with yeah. that, Chris. Uh, just compared to two years ago, I popped probably 40 Charlie horses my last two legs two years ago. Uh, I definitely did not eat enough, definitely did not fuel enough. And this year, I made sure of that as well as some other goodies, like we said, lack to go. And my legs never felt so good. And I could also say the post race. The past three days, I do not have really any soreness. My knee was a little swollen, but that's just painful. With soreness, I had nothing, definitely because of the fueling it carbs. In.
2: Yeah, I I, I I did a lot of doubles the last 10 weeks. Chris really put it to me to get prepared for this. and I, I was good for three legs, and then, then I started hitting on some real, real elevation, and I'm not used to that, but, you know. It is what it is i just pushed through I, the legs started locking up the last three legs really bad but i just had to slow it down and play it smart as long as i didn't go too fast my legs would stay calm if i pushed the pace i could feel them starting to cramp up so i just took it to where my body wouldn't give up i guess and then the lactigo was a real good treat, and I had some CBD oil that I use. It's like a, a local lady makes, and it it works well too. But um, and then posture, I was sore for my quads were sore, and that's probably all from the downhill because I don't know nothing about no downhill running. I've learned that. But uh, two days later I was fine, and today I'm out there running like like nothing happened So,
0: yeah, that makes a lot of sense. When I did the uh, Columbus Day relay. It's over in Columbus, Georgia. It's like a big dog Fleet Feet event, as well as when I did the uh, the Yeti challenge. But instead of doing the five miles, I did 10 miles in between. Yeah, that, the biggest challenge is like the stop and go, stop and go, and that downtime in between. So a lot of the stuff that you guys prepared with, that that's probably pretty crucial to maybe the tryout for the future or even for, you know, like another ultra. But with that, so I guess now that it's all over, what are your final thoughts, the final opinions? Scott, I know it was your first time really traveling far out of state. And, of course, you chose Ohio. You know, what's kind of that the kind of final wrap-up to the whole trip to the Buck 50?
2: For me, this was this was a pretty awesome experience. Um, that's one of the reasons I wanted to do it. Uh, obviously, I'm, um, you know, I was probably... I am the slowest guy on the team, but still feel like I deserve my spot because, you know, I I worked for it and I trained very hard for this race and went out there. Uh, The trip there, just everything about it was pretty awesome. Even the town, I really liked the little town of Chillicothe. You know, after the race, we went out and we did some uh, recovery hiking with Chris and his, his sons and just everything out there is really awesome i'm not used to it you know i've only run in florida I've only, i've never raced outside of florida so that was a pretty cool experience going out of town and doing that it's for a really good cause and and i will say basically i heard somebody say it's 35 mile races and for people to put that on for nonprofit and and all the volunteers that come out and all the folks that were there to help, every checkpoint there's thirty checkpoints. I mean, it's it's a lot that goes into this race, and it it was pretty smooth for what you know. I, I go to a ten k and there's forty seven problems. I didn't really see many problems at this race at all. Um, I definitely wanted to do it again if I'm invited back. I would. It's just an awesome experience no matter what there's and you learn every time you do something so now i i would go in a little differently and mainly get some sleep i mean the sleep was really a big big problem for me um but what do you expect you travel to another state <laughs> you know it's you're never going to get good sleep doing something like that but all in all i'd, I'd say go check it out uh, it's pretty awesome race
1: um for me this like i said hometown race for me so it's a lot bigger picture than just a a, an epic race i mean the the whole point of this event is to fight the opioid epidemic in southern ohio um that was really really out of control um you know really the last 15 years or so or more um and what Dave what the 50 has done, um, create this aid program and in, in the school system. It's really incredible what they're doing to help our students in the area um, and how they're um, kind of growing their reach further and further in the other counties in southern Ohio. Um, so, just for the pure fact of supporting their mission, um, I'll keep showing up. Um, but the ring. Insane as well i mean this is one of my favorite events i've ever done um you know i've done some other relays that are that are a blast but this one being one giant loop um being in my hometown running various types of terrain you you really can't beat it i mean heck i got my dad driving the van i got my son as a co-pilot in the van i mean it really doesn't get any better for me. um so i'll be back as long as i can uh, as, as long as i'm able to put four together i'll be
3: up there to uh, piggyback off of chris i just got to give his father and son a shout out they were mvps this year so helpful to us as athletes who are running and so helpful with driving the van making sure uh we're at the right checkpoint getting there as quick as possible helping us handing us stuff when we need it uh his son did an amazing job with my GoPro took tons of videos of us was always out there to support us when we were in finishing a leg. So definitely a shout out to, uh, Chris's father and his son, uh, about the race. I will say I don't race much, but it is by far my favorite race. And I don't see anything competing versus that kind of race. Like we said, a relay, uh, fighting, uh, and drug abuse, uh, 150 miles, Hills, Ohio, traveling for it. The turnout is great. It definitely needs more city than uh, it has grown a lot, but it definitely should keep be- going and everyone should give it a try. Again, just like we said, we have elite teams and we have teams that are just out there helping fighting a cause and teams finishing in 28 hours, 27 hours, just there for the fun, the giggles. The laughter, the cries, being out there supporting a great cause. So definitely, I will say it is my favorite race. And as long as it works out with me being a teacher, I will be out there next year as well.
0: Well, hey, guys, I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for your time. (laughs)
1: Thanks, (laughs) (laughs) Joe.
2: All right. All right, brother. Take Take it easy. Good night. Later, Joe. All right. See you later. Ciao.
0: And there we have it with the Run Fluent crew out at the Buck 50 for episode 23 of the Florida Trail Runners Podcast. So until next time, happy trails.